Did you hear the big news? We started a private university. We are rolling out a new design certificate program and a master's degree program along with our Design Suite Mastermind. We have new enrollment dates coming up for these programs. And if you want to watch a 10-minute video and learn more, go to designsuitecourses.com learn. If you have been struggling to get sales from your design work or understanding what you really need to do to make money, I have the workshop for you. On September 23rd, I'm hosting my first ever profitable designer workshop. This one day, three hour workshop is only $97, but I have a discount for all my podcast listeners. Go to KarinaGardnerCourses.com slash profit and put in the code podcast for $50 off. I can't wait to see you more profitable. Welcome to the Make and Design Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Gardner. On this podcast, we're unraveling the everyday joys and dilemmas of design, making, and business. For makers who want to be designers and for designers who are makers, this is your inside scoop to help you grow your business and bring more creativity to your life. Hey guys, today I am here with my good friend, Diane Rooney. She is a fabulous designer and we're going to talk to her about how she got started. She also happens to be one of my design suite members. So you might hear us talking a little bit about that as it comes into it, but I think it is really fun to hear about design kind of in the beginning stages and kind of where you go from there. So Diane, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Karina. Thank you for asking me. This is my first podcast invite, so I'm really excited it's yours. <laughs> it's it's the one of very many to come. That's what it's oh, going to be. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, Diane, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how, like how you kind of started as a hobby and then where it went from there? Yeah, sure. So I started off many, many years ago. First of all, I'm from England, if you didn't tell from the accent. (laughs) I live in the far southwest of England in a beautiful county called Cornwall, which is surrounded by the sea on three sides. So it's just stunning. So I started out, I was a stay-at-home mum, and I started out designing web graphics back in 1994 through to 2000 so right on the very edge of when the internet was first starting certainly for the UK anyway and it was doing some little bits of work for my father who ran a software business at the time and was setting up an internet cafe in London and they just needed someone who had some photoshop experience and I'm going back gosh photoshop 4 (laughs) version 4 I remember those days too. Long time ago. And literally just designing websites and the graphics that they needed for the websites. And then it just moved on from there. So I've always been um, sewing, crochet, lots of creative outlets really. It's just a hobby. And I just, because I had the computer experience and drawing, I loved illustration and drawing. I just took it from there. And then I was also a paper crafter and I started to design scrapbook papers and I had, so this was round about 2003. That's when it was really, really big. Yeah. And I had my own website and I was selling at a couple of online stores. And then I had um, a photo book company in the UK contacted me. They were literally looking for, they 
did it on the search engine. I can't remember, might've been Google. I can't remember, it was a long time ago. They were looking for a UK uh, designer specializing in paper craft and, and photo albums, so photo books. And they were really just coming in at that time. So it wasn't big business at all. And so, yeah, I got a gig just designing photo books for them. And it, it was just so much fun. And it was basically doing the scrapbook, but for a photo book, which is more or less, you know, what it is today that you can get photo books like everywhere now. So, but this was a long time ago. Um, and then I just went on from there and I then had a bit of a break, lots and lots of personal stuff that, you know, I won't bore you with the details, but it meant I had to really take a back seat. And so that then it wasn't a business then, it was literally me doing what I could when I could. Um, and I was working alongside my husband at the site at the time. So we were designing, well, I was designing for him uh, textures for 3D models. So he's quite a big designer for 3D models and he sells them online. So I was still able to work alongside him. That meant I was still getting lots of um, experience still, Photoshop. Then I came across your design classes at Jessica Sprague. Oh yes, this is like a long time ago. Yeah. When I first got started, I finished my doctorate and I immediately came out. I was actually working, like doing event planning with my design stuff. And I started teaching for Jessica Sprague kind of around the same time I started doing scrapbooking paper and fabric. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not sure if it was the same time that I came across your classes, but Illustrator was, that's when I first opened Illustrator. Um, yeah. And that's and so why I, Jessica brought me on was for Illustrator. Yeah. And it, and it was amazing. And that opened up a whole new world because I absolutely loved being able to design vector graphics that changed everything and also the fact that you had a fabric design class because I was also buying fabric because I was quilting and I remember going into a fabric shop looking around and saying to myself one day my fabrics are going to be on a shelf in a shop and it was that clear. It was literally because I wanted to design my own fabrics for my own work. Um, and, and it just kind of percolated there for a while. I, because of my circumstances, I couldn't really do anything about it at the time. But it was there. And so I, I love that you were like dreaming of it and you already knew because I think that's how it starts for us, right? Like we yeah. have to like know what it is that we want. And yeah. then it's like, once it happens, like, I mean, even if it's not going to happen, like right away, you kind of had that in the back of your mind, yeah, which is pretty and, amazing. And, and so I think I started to design along those lines with that in the back of my mind. And then I decided to write, now's the time, things changed for me. So I wanted to really start my business again. I took an online business course, which was amazing. And it really gave me the confidence. I lacked self-confidence like you wouldn't believe. That has been one of my biggest struggles. And not truly understanding that the knowledge I had was enough. The experience I had was enough that I was enough. I struggled so much with that and I struggled with putting my work into the world. 
So I slowly started to build that up and got a bit more confident. And I met a few people online and through the uh, UK craft industry that I actually um, I had someone approach me and ask me if I'd like to go and do some work in London for um, a TV celebrity who does crafting. And it was to be what they call a background crafter. So she was filming the show. Her name's Kirsty Allsop. So anyone watching from the UK will know exactly who that is. And so I went along and it was an amazing experience. And she was amazing. And it was just fun. We were just paper crafting in the background while she was interviewing the various crafters that she was featuring for that particular episode. And from that, I had the girl that invited me to do that then said, look, you need to apply to be a director for the Craft and Hobby Association for the UK. And I was like, no. And, said, and she said, no, we need women on the board, but particularly those that are working for themselves at home, have like a micro business, hobby that's turned into a business. So I went for all the interviews and I got invited onto the board. So this is so crazy to me because if, if anyone else is also listening to Diane, cause you guys are going to hear even more, all the cool things she's done, but she's like talking, she's like already done all this web development stuff. She knows Photoshop really well. She's getting invited on the board. She's invited to like paper craft behind these celebrities. And yet like during this time you were thinking about how you weren't enough. That is the craziest Absolutely. part to me. Yeah. And, and that has been my biggest problem and and it's been the biggest problem to overcome over the years and it didn't stop then it's only now when I look back that there was so much that I could have done I also think timing is key yeah that they were all important opportunities they gave me experience that I think I will still be using in the future I still believe all those experiences will put me in good stead for future opportunities but it's also about timing. And, and, I, and I went onto the board of um, the Craft and Hobby Association for the UK. So that doesn't exist now. I think they've changed it in America as well. It's a totally different Yeah, it was CHA. Brand. And I'm, CHA, I'm not yeah. totally sure what it is now. No, so it's changed a lot. So I served on the board, I think, for two years, which was phenomenal. I met the most amazing people, including... Sarah Davis, who's now um, on the Dragon's Den. So she's the founder and CEO of Crafters Companion for the UK. Amazing woman, so inspiring. And I'm so glad that I got to know her then. And so that gave me lots of experience. And it also, I started to go to the Craft and Hobby show here in the UK. It's in usually in spring, but of course, COVID dealt that a blow, didn't it? Like all the... <laughs> shows and it was through that that I thought I need to pitch to some of these companies because it's um business to business show so it's you know you can't go there unless you have a business Mm -hmm. and so I was looking at all the fabric manufacturers and I'm like I need to do this so I pitched to one particular UK company and there was something about doing face to face that made all the difference to me And they said no. Hmm. And they went through my portfolio, but they told me why it was no. 
So um, like, what were you hearing? I'm actually very curious about this because as a creative director, I looked at a lot of artwork as well yeah. at the CHAs. Like people would come to me and show me stuff, but I'm very curious. Like, what were they saying to you? Cause I've seen your artwork. It, it wasn't, um, the scaling was wrong. Um, some of the designs weren't, I want to use the word sophisticated. I'm not quite sure that they actually used that word, but along those lines, um, but said, you have potential. So, and they gave me a list of things that I need to figure out. And they said, go back, figure this out, but please come and see us again. And I did, I literally did that a year later. And they said, and they just, it's really hard. They take your iPad, cause I put everything on my iPad and met the same guys again. And they're sitting there and they're flipping through my designs, but with no clue on their faces. <laughs> like I have no idea. Do they love it? Do they hate it? Are they indifferent? Brilliant, you know, poker face, brilliant. And then he said, yeah, actually we love this. And they went through the design, said, we love this, we love this, we love, not sure about that one, not sure about that one, but let's talk. Yeah. So that was the next stage. I love that you're talking about this because we talk about this all the time in design suite. I feel like I'm, or, or even in design boot camps, like where they're asking about, you know, paper or fabric. And I'm like, you literally have to make it kind of perfect for your creative director to see, because even if a couple of the scales are off, if you have a couple of patterns, they don't like, they'll just throw out the whole collection. Like they'll be like, Oh, we're not going to take you. And that's what I focus on in design suite. We talk about scale and we talk about like, because a collection has to feel complete when you put it in front of a manufacturer. And, and I'd say the one thing that I have learned since then, and, and I still want to pitch to another company for licensing. So they actually bought out um, my designs. So that was, they bought each design, even though I created a collection with them. So from that initial meeting, they then invited my husband and I up to their offices, which was for us, it was about a four hour drive. We went and decided to stay the night at a local hotel and it was amazing. They let us sit in on some design meetings. So we got to see the process of how they choose designs and what comes next. So we got to see the mood boards and then we also discussed the collection that I was doing for them and we came up with a mood board there. They took us around the factory where all the fabrics were being put together. It was just amazing. I was just going to say like, what an amazing experience because very few people really, even designers, a lot of times we would just take the design work and they had no idea why we were doing what we were doing with it. Yeah. No, it was really, it was really interesting. And it was there that we negotiated how they were going to buy the fabrics. And one of the things, or my designs, sorry, one of the things I really was important to me is I wanted to retain the copyright. And and I knew from past experience that the price they were offering me, while it was good, it was not good enough to take my copyright. Yeah. Wait, so was this for paper or fabric? 
fabric. Oh, so this were at this point this we were like you were like talking to people for fabric. Yeah, this was the design company that I met at the craft show. Okay. They said we love your designs. They invited me up to their studio. And that's where we said the price. And and it was, I thought it was a good price. And but I needed to keep my copyright. The other thing I managed to negotiate, and I don't know how, because now I just the thought of negotiating like that scares me, but I managed to get my name on salvage. And there was just something in me that told me that was really important at that point, because that was my first collection. And that isn't a sustainable income. So I will say that straight away. But what it did give me was credibility. Yeah. And I think at this point in your career, I I tell this to all of our, especially new designers, we're just trying to create authority, right? We're just trying to get the baseline there. So I think it's so brilliant. You're so smart to know that you wanted to retain copyright because a lot of designers would have just caved, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and, And I think having, keeping the copyright so I could use it in a different industry. So that was made clear to me. I can't use that on fabric. I have to be able to use it, you know, whether it's paper craft or whatever industry, it cannot compete with their industry. Completely understand, was fully on board with that. And and that was important. And then the thing with the name on the selvage was that it gave me kudos. It gave me credibility because I then became a published designer in that particular industry, even though I'd done the paper craft or in the photo books before, this was a different industry, although it's under the heading of craft. So, and sure enough, I managed to do, I think it was two or three magazine features with that. And, and that was really good experience. So I now have a good relationship with these magazine editors. So, and they've said, come back if you have anything else. And so that that turned out to be a good, a really good opportunity to have your name on the salvage. So that was then not um, not long after that, unfortunately, I got ill. And so, again, I had to put my whole business on hold and it literally went back to zero. And I'm not even kidding. It It, it is so crazy to me. Like you can build, build, build and build. But the moment we, you have some kind of gap, it really shows that in business, especially design business, consistency is key. Like when we are consistent and you can't do anything about getting sick, right? You can't do anything about all these personal things going on. And so that is, it's so heartbreaking to see, but I, I, in some ways I'm grateful for it because it allowed you and I to connect again. Right. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly it. And, and what happened was I had an undiagnosed condition that the previous years, that's what the problem was. So where I was stopped starting was because I was unwell and it was undiagnosed. And then I got very ill, was rushed into hospital. And because of all the tests, they figured out what was wrong. I had emergency surgery and that was back in February. And through that recovery, I came across your design boot camp. 
and realized that you were starting to set up again doing your courses. It's true because I took a break, right? Like, so I I was teaching a little, I taught at college, I taught university, I taught at the University of Minnesota and I thought I was going to be a college professor. And then I just started designing full-time, loved it, found Jessica Sprague, taught some illustrator classes. And then I took a break because I found myself super engrossed in the design work loving designing, just really like wanting to do that for a while. And so it's like this funny thing that's come back around. So it's been like starting over again, also for me to teach courses again, not design work because I've been consistent, but it is really funny how you kind of have to start over again, even though you've been around. I know. And, and I would say that the consistency thing is absolutely key. And I realized I hadn't done that. I hadn't not through any fault of my own it it just didn't work like that so seeing your I think initially it was the design boot camp and I was just bowled away it was just amazing that boot camp and it gave me the motivation and I think also inspired me to think you can do this you don't need to stop yeah I I do think that has been an amazing thing and Guys, we are going to, Diane and I are going to talk again in another month or so. So I want you guys to come back and watch us. We're going to talk about design suite and kind of how it has changed her design career, but you can see Diane, like Diane, if you had advice to anyone out there who have, has done what you've done, they've been a hobbyist. Maybe they've made even a little bit of money. Maybe they've done digital online. Like, do you have advice for them? in terms of, and especially also feeling like you're not enough, which clearly you are like you, like you're building the most amazing business, which we're going to talk about in our next episode together. Yeah. Like what, what would you tell them? Don't give up. And I think it's really important if that's your passion and that's your love, because what the other important thing to me is what are my designs doing for other people? So like with the fabric, because I then went on, I designed a second line, but I did that in collaboration with my local fabric shop. And and that's a whole other story. But that was important because I started teaching at my local fabric shop after that and learning what my customers loved about my designs. And that is the whole solving a problem thing, because I think as designers, we struggle with like starting a business what is the problem you're solving? Because they all say that to you. Oh, well, you need to solve a problem. Well, yeah, you do. But what are you solving? And learning how much joy your designs come to to give to people was important. So if you love that, and if you know that that's what your designs are doing, don't give up. And, And it's really important that you're authentic in that. I know that's a bit of a buzzword, but design what's in your heart, design what you would love to see. So, and, and that was probably at the base of what I, my first fabric line was what I wanted to see. That's why I wanted to create and design my own fabric. And so that's important as well, because not only that, that's gonna set you apart in a really competitive um, market. It really is. Because you're uniquely you, right? Yeah, and the no whole, one else can draw like you and no yeah. one else can have your designs in terms of your interpretation and what you want to say about that. The story behind that is completely yours. But don't give up on that. Even if you keep hitting one, you know, roadblock after another, you know, pick yourself up and start again. It's okay. 
And I would also say I'm 57. You're never too old either. It's, it's really important. And actually, I would argue that at my age, I have a wisdom and an experience that I think is going to put me in good stead in the next weeks and months as I build my business again. Oh my gosh. I love everything you said, Diane. It's all so (laughs) true. It's like all a hundred percent. Like what is really like, you're not too old. You're totally enough. You're unique and your style will shine out there. I just love it. So good. Diane, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, my website is dianerooney.co.uk. So I have a Why don't you spell that? Spell that for everyone. Okay, it's D-I-A-N-E-R-O-O-N-E-Y.co.uk. Okay, perfect. And you guys, I'm going to put it in the description on our YouTube channel and on our, um, on, on, um, the podcast link. Hello. Um, and I'm very excited for you guys to see more of what Diane's doing. You're going to catch us in an episode in the near future talking about design suite and what she's doing now, which is so awesome. So intense, you guys. And it really does go to show that you can start a creative career anytime in your life. So we'll see you guys soon. And, uh, Diane, you want to say anything else? Just thank you very much for inviting me on, Karina. It's been a pleasure. Hey, did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my VIP group for weekly freebies? I can't wait to see you there.